Good afternoon, everybody. This is Mike Solis on the check-in, and today I would like to talk to you about fantasy football, particularly fantasy football rankings. I will be specifically talking about certain players, their fates, whether their fantasy value will be on the rise, spiraling downward, or ones that will question their fate as to what happens in the near future. And then I will be talking about particular needs for every single team in the NFL in terms of fantasy. So, welcome to the debut episode of Mike Solis' Fantasy Football Talk. Let me start off by talking about the number one fantasy player in the entire world, Christian McCaffrey. Yes, everyone adores him in fantasy football. Everyone desires to be the first overall in the draft selection. Why? Because they know this guy is a guarantee to put up fantasy points and potentially to help you win your fantasy championships, depending how many teams you have and what platforms you may be using. But I would like to point out that I personally believe Christian McCaffrey will remain a number one option in fantasy football, especially since he got paid and now he has more weapons to help make a Carolina offense more dynamic. Yes, the Carolina Panthers have signed Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson to help make that offense a lot better. Especially since the offense has been running through McCaffrey. It still will, but at least McCaffrey gets to take breaks here and there and still be number one in fantasy. Next, we have Saquon Barkley, running back of the New York football giants. Now, Saquon... The question becomes, can he healthy? Can he be healthy? When he's on the field, he helps a lot of the players on offense, particularly Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones in the fact that he could do a lot more play action, especially because Barkley is very intimidating when running the football. Then when on a play on a run pass option or a play action pass, then you have then Daniel Jones excuse me, Daniel Jones will have options like Ingram, as I mentioned before, Darius Slayton, sleeper pick for fantasy receivers, especially on 10-team, 12-team redrafts. And on top of that, you have the top two receivers in Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. I'm actually excited and looking forward to seeing the Giants offense, particularly how they fare in fantasy. Next, and finally, from within the top five of my Yahoo Fantasy rankings, I would like to specifically talk about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, as we all know, had a record-breaking season, not just fantasy-wise, but in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints, and especially with Drew Brees when he was out, when he was out for like several games. Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill got the job done. Really, Michael Thomas was the only receiver option, aside from possibly... Jared Cook, but Thomas's increase in target volume took a toll on one running back by the name of Alvin Kamara. Now, Kamara we may or may not get to later, depending on how this episode goes, but I would like to talk about the recent acquisition of wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders becomes an extra target that Drew Brees throws to. Essentially, breaking into Michael Thomas's target volume, but no need to worry. Drew Brees likes to go to Michael Thomas on three and outs and fourth downs. So I would look forward to Michael having Michael Thomas on your fantasy teams next season. <clears throat> now for a select few 
players who I personally believe could make an impact on your fantasy teams. For example, I got recent news from Yahoo.com that Joe Mixon, a top 15 player and probably a top 10 running back, is prepared to hold out, especially after hearing Christian McCaffrey got a lot of money in his recent four-year $64 million extension. Fantasy-wise, that doesn't help much. Giovanni Bernard is a washed-up running back. I would totally not recommend drafting him. But in the event that, let's say, Joe Burrow, for example, gets drafted and he changes the offense drastically compared to how Kyler Murray did with the Arizona Cardinals, there is always that possibility that Cincinnati's running back, if it's not Joe Mixon, that Giovanni Bernard could come back to what he was before. But nevertheless, Joe Mixon is always considered a top 10 running back. And until he's finished, until his holdout is done, I wouldn't, I could either, you could either stash him or choose not to draft him, let him go in later rounds. Next, we have Lamar Jackson. Now, we all know Lamar Jackson broke out last season. 36 passing touchdowns and I believe 6 rushing touchdowns in addition. But more importantly, he had over 1,200 yards of rushing. That's almost comparable to Michael Vick, if not even better. The question remains, and this is a question that's been asked a lot by fantasy experts and many various fantasy users, whether it's Yahoo, Sleeper, ESPN, CBS, or whatever fantasy fa- football platform you use. Is Lamar Jackson good enough to be drafted in the first round? Now, I have participated in some mock drafts and live drafts prior to this year's rookie draft, and I have seen Lamar Jackson go as early as 8th overall in a 10-man team or maybe even in a 12-man team. A lot of people are figuring or trying to assume that Lamar Jackson is, in fact, a good fit for the first round. Now, he may have broke out one year, but I personally think he is at best a late second round pick. I don't see him going in the first round. It's too big of a risk, especially when you have a lot of other running backs, including Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, uh, Derrick Henry, even Nick Chubb. Those guys are clear cut for late first round, second round picks. Well, actually, Derrick Henry is becoming a mid first round pick. So, especially because he signed that tag. I wonder if he'll hold out too. Even after the tag. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'll leave it up to you. If you want to decide whether Lamar is considerable for the first round. I personally don't think so. But we shall see. Now. Let's throw in a couple of wide receivers here. Tell me if you have struggled with the following wide receivers last season. Old Al Beckham Jr. And Juju Smith-Schuster. Now both of them seriously struggled. I can understand why Juju struggled because he is the clear-cut number one receiver on that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And even though Big Ben would go to him often, he was hurt for the whole season. And you had a at a quarterback battle, and most of the time, they wouldn't even be able to get the ball to Juju. Not to mention another player in the in the top 100 fantasy rankings, James Conner, would keep keep getting hurt. That Steelers offense was playing with injuries. And despite rookie 
sensation Deontay Johnson being a potential sleeper pick in fantasy football for receivers. I don't know if that will be the case this year in his sophomore season. But it looks promising given given Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back. Excuse me, Ben Roethlisberger. Both, but on the flip side, within the same division, you have Odell Beckham. Now, he is more of a bust in the sense that Baker has so many options to throw, but that team is a run-first team, and they they run a, a very power-run scheme. And on the play action, Baker is having trouble in the pocket, or at least he's not making the best of decisions. Tell me if I'm wrong, but if Baker... Not to, I'm sorry, let me, let me not forget, they have a very solid O-line. For, for Baker to not hit Odell or Jarvis many a times, that makes the Browns a very suspicious and potentially undraftable team of to draft, particularly with skilled position players they have. Can you trust that Odell will have a better year this season? Can you trust that Baker, fantasy-wise, can put Jarvis and Odell over the top? Not to mention they just signed Hooper, Austin Hooper to a career contract, four years, eleven million for year. So what is that? That's forty-four million in total, plus whatever bonus money he got. That takes away from Odell's target value. Not to mention they hired new coach Kevin Stefanski, who has been known to run two tight end offenses, specifically back with the Minnesota Vikings when they had Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. Unless David Njoku, second tight end now to Austin Hooper, gets traded. Baker will have a lot more options, which hurts fantasy values of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. And on top of that, might hurt Austin Hooper too. They're both, But both Juju and Odell are up for fantasy comeback player of the year. But will they really come back? I guess we'll have to see. Another particular player I'd like to talk about is... David Johnson. Now, David Johnson in the wild and erroneous trade made by none other than Bill O'Brien to the Houston Texans. I think the Cardinals really lucked out that they found a partner, a trading partner that is, to remove David David Johnson's bad contract. But somehow, in return, they get DeAndre Hopkins. And there wasn't even enough compensation for DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone's going crazy. Bill O'Brien's playing two roles at once. And I think it's very clear that Bill O'Brien is a very good head coach, but he is nowhere near as good in the GM perspective. And look who they end up trading back to get. Brandon Cooks. So essentially, Bill O'Brien is taking on bad contracts and saying, hey, let's see if we can win with this kind of team. Now, I think you'd figure that Deshaun Watson's fantasy value would fade because of the trade. But I actually have a feeling that David Johnson could return to top value. Remember, a few years ago, he was in a Christian McCaffrey type of situation. He was a top five fantasy player. Maybe a top three running back. This guy, this guy was the offense for the Arizona Cardinals. But now because... Kenyon Drake has taken over in the air raid scheme and college type offensive scheme that Kyle, I'm sorry, not Kyler Murray, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is running. 
David Johnson had to go. Luckily, they, he found the Houston Texans. The ideal candidate would have been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we'll see. Now, speaking of Houston, let's go to the other side of the spectrum. DeAndre Hopkins. His value may drop, but I'm not going to focus on him. I'm going to focus on Kyler Murray. Yes, Kyler Murray had a nice rookie season, fantasy-wise. He started out slow, but he picked it up in the second half of the regular season. And now with DeAndre Hopkins, or as we call him, Nuke, or D-Hop, depending on the nicknames you like, with him, Fitz, and Christian Kirk, in addition to Kenyon Drake, let's not mention a tight end situation here, Kyler Murray has valuable weapons he could go to, and I think his fantasy value will skyrocket because of such weapons. But he's not the only one that I see increasing or skyrocketing his fantasy value. Fellow quarterback Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, his value goes up with the D- the um, Stephon Diggs trade. He has weapons now. Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley as a potential sleeper receiver. He's even got Devin Singletary as his top running back. And... He has another sleeper tight end in Dawson Knox. Josh Allen has great potential to be a top 5 quarterback this season. He's guaranteed top 10, potential top 5. Uh, let's see, anybody else I would like to note? Ooh, Actually, one more thing. Before we go to each team's needs, I would like to talk about... Hmm, how about Daryl Henderson? Remember, Todd Gurley has been released by the Rams. He's instantly signed with the uh, the Falcons right after. He His signing with the Falcons makes the NFC South a lot more competitive and fun, more fun to watch, especially after TB12, Tom Brady, has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after stunningly leaving the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. He leaves behind a 20-year career, winning six Super Bowls with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, who essentially saved the Patriots franchise. Uh, Actually, we'll get to Tom Brady in a bit. But Daryl Henderson, right now he is the the designated starting running back for the LA Rams. I think the Rams should invest, if they they trade up for a high-end draft pick or a premium draft pick, I think their best investment would be Jonathan Taylor because he instantly takes over as starter and at least have the Rams have a running back who they can who's on a team-friendly contract, and then they'll see to developing him. I think So yeah, I think the Rams should trade up to get Jonathan Taylor. That's my opinion. Last but not least, the ever-so-famous story this offseason, Tom Brady. If Tom Brady were to have stayed with New England, he probably wouldn't even be fantasy-relevant. I guarantee... I've done many mock drafts with, with, um, on a site I use called Fantasy Pros... By the way, I'd recommend their site. Expert rankings are very accurate. Tom Brady with the Patriots wasn't even draftable. Meaning, in many mock drafts, 10 and 12 team redrafts, Brady would not even be considered in a standard draft. He'd be a free agent waiver wire pickup probably during the season. But now, signing with the Bucks, he has weapons. He has the following. Ronald Jones at running back. O.J. Howard, and maybe Cameron Braid at tight end. But most importantly, he has 
Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, each at the wide receiver positions. He traded in a top-tier O-line for top-tier receivers. Now, this is not exactly fantasy relevant, but do you think Tom Brady will be able to lead the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl? Maybe, maybe not. But I think Tom Brady will be one of those late-round quarterbacks in the fantasy draft that will ultimately help you when fantasy playoffs come about. Knowing how clutch he can be in in real life, I think he will help a lot of fantasy owners, especially being back in fantasy relevance. I've seen many drafts ever since the Brady signing, and he's gone as late as the 13th round in a 15-round draft or 16-round, depending which platform you're using, but as early as the 8th round. So Brady has some upside with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. So without a doubt, now that we covered some of the players I would like to talk about, or I have talked about, I would like to go over each and every team's fantasy needs in terms of positions. Let's start in order with the Atlanta Falcons. They're usually a popular team in terms of fantasy options with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, now with the recently signed Todd Gurley. I think it's safe to say that they have a serious need at defense. I forgot to mention their kicker, Young Ho Koo, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. He is very solid in fantasy rankings. He will kick those field goals for you on your fantasy teams. Their defense needs help, both in fantasy and in real life. They may have one or two big games on defense, but I think the Atlanta Falcons need a serious number of draft picks to be invested in defense if they want to stay fantasy relevant in that category. But I question the tight end position because with the loss of Hooper, they got a bargainable version of Hooper in the name of Hayden Hurst, former Raven tight end. Now, the last two tight ends I remember the Atlanta Falcons having are Tony Gonzalez and Austin Hooper. They have thrived under the Atlanta offense, especially Tony Tony G being a legend and Austin Hooper following in footsteps. I think Hayden Hurst's value will definitely skyrocket in this year's season. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a late-round sleeper pick for many fantasy users, barring an injury, that is. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I, would, if I, I would probably consider Hayden Hurst as a potential 15th or 16th round pick, depending on what kind of draft you're doing. Whether it's fantasy, redraft, dynasty, keeper leagues, whatever it may be. Similarly, with the Arizona Cardinals, their defense needs help. I remember a specific statistic in the sense that Arizona had given up the most points to fantasy tight ends. Meaning players at the time like Will Disley, Jake Hollister, especially George Kittle. Those guys were monsters against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if they shored up up shored up down the middle in linebacker position, but they need help there. And speaking of tight ends, they need help at tight end too. I don't see Max Williams being a very solid tight end fantasy wise, but I guess in the offense in the air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury has, the Arizona Cardinals don't have much of use at tight end. So <clears throat> we shall see. Next is the Baltimore Ravens. 
the team that everyone was expecting to go to the Super Bowl because Lamar Jackson broke out and led the Ravens to a 14 and 2 team two season, excuse me. Their kicker Justin Tucker, of course, is number 1 in fantasy rankings. All they also have the Ravens who are a top 5, maybe even a top 3 in defensive fantasy rankings or even defense and special teams. But I would look at wide receiver. Well, they, they have all the weapons. Lamar, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews. But Marquise Brown, can he stay healthy? They need a wide receiver too to pair with Marquise Brown. Now, Antonio Brown was rumored to work out with his cousin Marquise, but I don't know if that would be the case. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens draft the wide receiver in, the, in, in a rookie draft to complement Marquise Brown and to help open up that Ravens offense. So yeah, if I were the Ravens, if I were drafting a Ravens skill set player, I'd be wary of their wide receiver too. Buffalo. Similarly with the Cardinals, tight end is an issue. Can Dawson Knox be fantasy productive? The Buffalo has many weapons too, but I think the kicker Steven Hauschka, his days are long gone from Seattle when he was that very good kicker. So I'd be wary of Buffalo's kicker and tight end position. Carolina, they need some help. Teddy Bridgewater, can he prove himself as a fantasy quarterback? But now with Greg Olson gone from the Panthers' offensive system, can Ian Thomas step up to the plate? And I remember last year, Carolina was off to a very good start defensively with Cook Keekley, but ever since their bye week last year, they their fantasy defense fell apart. So can the Carolina Panthers' fantasy defense come back to life? We'll see what the what they do in the rookie draft. Chicago Bears, they're another team that seriously needs help. Trubisky's not getting it done. The only fantasy-relevant players I can see on that team are David Montgomery and, if if you're lucky, and Allen Robinson. Those two are the mainstays of Chicago Bears' fantasy play. Oh, I forgot to mention, their defense is pretty good. They're, given the, they're usually high up there, especially because they had that one year where they compared themselves to the 85 Bears, I believe, or was it 86? I don't remember. But they had a stellar year on defense that year, and ever since, they still somehow remain top 10. Next, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. They need a lot of help, but I think in their fantasy draft, really it's the tight end, kicker, and defensive positions they need. But I think Joe Burrow will play a Kyler Murray role where he'll start off slow in the first half of the season, but he will slowly pick things up and become fantasy-relevant in the second half of the season. Cleveland. I mentioned before about Baker Mayfield. Can he put it together? Also, can their kicker and special teams come through? Austin Siebert, can he be a solid option? How about that Cleveland defense? Miles Garrett was helping them through the first half, and after suspension, they fell apart. Can Miles Garrett stay out of trouble this year? And can some of the Browns players step up to the plate on defense? Now, now we move on to the America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, they have they are another team that have popular skill set players to draft. Although I do question their tight end position. Will Blake Jarwin be a streamer this year, or will he be someone no one will ever consider drafting? Their defense could use some work, especially with the loss of Byron Jones. But we shall see how 
Dallas addresses their defensive needs in the rookie draft. Um, I forgot to mention, they recently signed kicker Greg Zorline from the Los Angeles Rams, which I think will be a huge plus in their fantasy game, especially if Dallas can't convert on their third and outs and fourth down. Well, not fourth downs, their third and outs. Denver, even though they're one of the weaker teams NFL-wise, they're one of the stronger teams fantasy-wise. They have, they have three running backs, two of them who are who are top seventy-five. I don't know, but I don't know why Melvin Gordon signed with the Broncos. The only reason I can think of is the money they offered him the most money. I wonder how that's going to affect Philip Lindsay. I have a feeling Melvin Gordon is going to be the starting running back in Lindsay's in, um, injury insurance in the event Gordon gets hurt. Um, also, will Royce Freeman be traded? He was ideally their second back to Philip Lindsay in that Denver offense. But nevertheless, they have solid uh, fantasy players. Drew Locke, I think, will be a nice quarterback this year. Cortland Sutton, of course, their number one fantasy option. Don't forget, Noah Fant could be a sleeper this year. They need a wide receiver to complement Cortland Sutton. And I think they will get that in their first, especially in the first round of the draft. And I think whoever that may be will also be fantasy relevant. And I think Denver will be a very favorable fantasy team for players to be chosen. Not to mention they have Brandon McManus, a nice kicker, especially in Denver because it's the mile high and the ball travels farther. Ideally, Denver's kickers would thrive in fantasy because of that particular um, geographical info. And on top of that, their fantasy defense will be pretty good. Even though they lost Chris Harris... They got. I think their front seven will be very, excuse me, monstrous to say the least. Now we go to Green Bay. Similar to Denver. I'm sorry, I forgot. We have Detroit Lions. They're another fantasy favorable team with Matthew Stafford being a, throw, a very strong arm quarterback in a pass-heavy scheme. Yes, Kerryon Johnson is very solid at running back, but you have three solid receivers. You have Kenny Galladay going in the top 30 in fantasy rankings, probably a top 10 in receiver. Then you have Marvin Jones, who comp- nicely complements Kenny Galladay. And then you have a potential sleeper streamer in Danny Amendola, former Patriot, Rams, wide receiver, and Dolphins. But I think Detroit's biggest worry is defense. Now, they poached guys from New England. For example, they got the Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia landed contracts with Jamie Collins, outside linebacker, off the ball linebacker rather, or he can, he's a versatile linebacker who can play off the ball outside or inside. They got Elandon Roberts on the inside, and they managed to get inside nose tackle Danny Shelton. But with all these acquisitions, will that be enough to suffice not only in real life against the Packers offense, the Vikings offense, but can they help fantasy-wise? I don't see Matt Patricia doing that, but I think they're slated to help the corner position with the recent trade of Darius Slay. I think Jeff Okuda will be a nice addition, but will that translate into fantasy turnaround for a fantasy turnaround for the Detroit Lions? Now on to the Green Bay Packers, another team that really needs a one position at help and. Similar to Denver, they need a wide receiver too to complement Devontae Adams. Can they do that in the draft? 
I've been looking at several mock drafts online, and I think Jalen Regor would be a nice fantasy-relevant piece to Green Bay's offense. Similar to Denver, their kickers and special teams are very good. Mason Crosby is getting older, but he's very trustworthy in fantasy leagues. And on top of that, the Packers' defense could show some upside, particularly with the recent additions last season of Zadarius and Preston Smith. They are not related to each other, by the way. Houston, despite the the heinous and erratic trade of DeAndre Hopkins to the Atlanta, I'm sorry, not Atlanta, Arizona Cardinals, they have nice fantasy weapons. Deshaun Watson is still fantasy relevant. David Johnson, I think, could turn it around. They've, the recent addition of Brandon Cooks, he's got major upside to the Houston Texans alongside the possibility of Will Fuller. After that, I think their f- receivers drop off in fantasy value. Which tight end will Deshaun be throwing to throughout the season? Also, then, can they pick it up in the fantasy defense? Uh, Indy, same division. They need a kicker. I, I don't know if Adam Vinatieri is on the Colts still. If not, they need a kicker. I don't know how fantasy relevant he will be. And on top of that, the only running back I could really trust on that Colts offense is Marlon Mack. Any other RB2 that the Colts run, I don't know if I can trust. Phillip Rivers has had the de- has had many various San Diego offenses where he had two running backs, recent, most recently with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. But if you look at that offense, the tight end position, Eric Ebron left the Colts. He wasn't performing too well in a two-tight end offense. So he recently signed with the Steelers in hopes that things will improve. But on the flip side, Jack Doyle will be fantasy relevant like before. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. Moving on to Jacksonville with the release of or rather the trade of Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. Can Gardner Minshew be that fantasy player that we all would like to be? We call him mustache mania, but mostly for the looks and maybe not for the performance. Um, also, they need help on defense, especially with losing players and another player in Yannick Ngakwe looking to be traded. Also, they need a kicker. Hopefully, they'll... Hopefully Josh Lambo can step up to the plate. Kansas City, uh, they don't really need fantasy help. Harrison Butker is a top three kicker. Of course, we all know Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, top fantasy options. And on top of that, you could put Damian Williams as a potential top 20 or top 15 running back. But I think their biggest need will be on defense. Can they get some defense? Um, if they can, right now they're barely top 10 in fantasy defensive rankings, but I think the Chiefs have potential to be better, which makes them rather an instant favorite to not only win the Super Bowl again, but in fantasy terms, those players should help you get to their fantasy championship level. Now on to the Los Angeles Chargers. With the release or letting go of Philip Rivers, I think they are project. I personally think that Justin Herbert will dra- be drafted by the Chargers and will help them fantasy wise. 
If it's well, if it's him or Tua, I think actually if Tua gets drafted, either either quarterback will be fantasy relevant, especially by the second half of the season. They need a running back to complement Austin Eckler. I think they'll have to get a bull runner or one of those power backs. I wonder who they'll land. And fantasy defensive wise, I don't think Joey Bosa and Derwin James are enough to carry. The Chargers defense to your fantasy championships or throughout the fantasy playoffs. We'll have to wait and see the official schedules for every team once they're released. But LA Chargers, I think they have decent players you can draft. Uh, Eckler, of course. Keenan Allen. Hunter Henry. Maybe Mike Williams. And particularly kicker Michael Badgley, who's I think returning from injury. But we shall see. The LA Rams, with the release of Todd Gurley, they are desperate for a fantasy running back. I don't think Daryl Henderson will remain their starter. If he does, well, he has major fantasy upside because the Rams will be running a lot of play action. Not to mention, the trade of Brandon Cooks especially helps Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in target volume. Their target volume, especially Woods, will go up. Higby, of course, will go up as well. But I think Gerald Everett, second tight end to Tyler Higby, will reemerge. Similar to the Tampa Bay offense. They also need a kicker. I have a solid feeling that they will go after the kick new, former New England Patriots kicker, Steven Guskowski. Uh, I have a, yeah, I have a solid feeling they will go after him for a potential contract. Now, I mixed this up, but I have to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. They are desperate for a wide receiver to help Derek Carr in his offense. The only offensive weapons they really have on fantasy for Raiders are, you could say Derek Carr, but I, I'm i leaning towards Josh Jacobs, their lead, lead running back, and lead tight end Darren Waller, another breakout candidate who took, by, who took the league by storm, surprised us all, and well... John Gruden has done a pretty good job finding wep- good wep- decent weapons for Derek Carr. Although I think they need a, I think they need a a passing running back to complement Josh Jacobs in that offense, and I think they'll need a kicker. I don't think Daniel Carlson will do the trick. And on top of that, they they need to get some defensive assets to help their fantasy defense. They're not the worst defense. But I can see them being in the in the bottom five. Miami, they need lots of help. Hence, surprise, surprise, they're not the first overall. But they need a lot of help. They need a quarterback that's going to be better than Fitzpatrick, a running back who will complement Jordan Howard in a run game, a wide receiver, somebody aside from William Preston Williams who will complement Devontae Parker. They need a kicker. And they need fantasy defense. Now, with the signing of Kyle Van Noy and several other former AFC East and other particular players, you would one would think that Miami's Dolphin, Miami Dolphins fantasy defense is on the rise. I would hope so too, but we shall see. Especially with the departure of Tom Brady, maybe Miami has an improvement in fantasy defense and special teams. On to the Minnesota Vikings. After the Stefan Diggs trade, they are desperate to get a second wide receiver to complement Adam Thielen in that run-first offense. I also think, similar to Denver and 
Who else am I missing? Baltimore. Whoever Minnesota drafts is their wide receiver in fantasy, or rather in their rookie draft, will compliment, not only compliment Adam Thielen, but will also be fantasy relevant. Maybe a late round draft pick or mid middle round draft pick. Who knows? We shall see. But I think Minnesota also, there's a question at tight end. Who is going to be the more fantasy relevant tight end? Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith? Eric Smith, wasn't a, he's more of a streamer, but he's been rather consistent the whole season. Kyle Rudolph was in and out, especially during the second half of the season. He is a bit of a gamble if you need a fantasy tight end to get you through the fantasy playoffs and potential fantasy championship. So keep an eye out for that Minnesota offense. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and Adam Thielen leading the way. Now, of course, we all know about New England Patriots. Tom Brady leaving leave a big market quarterback. Although Jared Stidham is very excited to take on the role of starter as New England Patriots' new starting quarterback, I don't see him being fantasy relevant, although he does have some potential upside. They also need a receiver, to, a couple of receivers, one specifically to complement Julian Edelman as, uh, as the biggest slot best slot receiver they have. They also need a tight end, but there are rumbles and rumors that he, the, the the Patriots will draft Cole Komet, maybe Thad Moss if they if they don't get Komet in the first round. Also, they need a kicker to replace Steven Guskowski. Word has it that there's potentially another Vinatieri, excuse me, will be drafted, or if anything, signed as an undrafted free agent. Adams Adam Vinatieri's uncle, I'm sorry, not his uncle, his nephew, Chase Vinatieri will most likely be signed by New England, barring if the Colts decide to s- s- swoop him in. Uh, but yeah, I forgot to mention about New England. Their defensive rankings have dropped ever since many of their linebackers and inside nose tackles have been taken away. I, I'm very sure that Bill Belichick will find pieces in the draft and through undrafted free agency to replace a lot of those players, Kyle Van Noy specifically, Jamie Collins, and Danny Shelton. Those guys, they will be replaced somehow, although I do see upside in Chase Winovich, former, I believe, third-round pick, uh, helping the way on the pass rush. But I think New England's defense, fantasy defense is one to look for. Next, moving on to the New Orleans Saints. They are another team that has favorable fantasy options. Drew Brees, of course. Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas. Recently, the addition of Emmanuel Sanders as a sleeper pick to compliment Thomas. How about Jared Cook, huh? How about Will Lutz? Top three, co- kicker, top three kicker in fantasy football. But I think the Saints, if they can draft some linebackers and potential secondary, or maybe even the front line, the trenches, Maybe New Orleans will help you get through the fantasy playoffs and will guarantee you a potential fantasy championship. Who knows? It remains to be seen, after, especially after the rookie draft, which is actually next week, I believe the 23rd or 25th, I can't recall, but it will end, on, it'll end two days later. Stay tuned for that. I will not be doing a fantasy podcast on that just yet until after the rookie draft, just a little heads up. Next, we have the New York Football Giants. As I talked about before earlier in this podcast, 
The Giants are one of the more favorable teams in terms of drafting fantasy players. Although their defense is projected to be the worst, not only in real life, but in fantasy football. So unless you're doing 32-team dynasties and whatnot, I'd avoid the New York football Giants until 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 they show otherwise that they can perform on fantasy football defensively. How about the other New York football team? The New York football Jets. They need a receiver to complement Jamison Crowder in the slot. Uh, Sam Darnold is a streaming quarterback. He has his performances here and there. I think Adam Gase is the one head coach that really drives down fantasy value, especially running back Le'Veon Bell. They need serious coaching help over there. I think the Jets could actually be a very solid fantasy team. It, but like I said, it's coaching. Adam Gase needs to go. Heck, halfway during the season, fans were yelling, fire Adam Gase. But of course, Jets management's not going to do that. He's still under contract. Sorry, Jets fans, but fantasy-wise, you're going to have to try and avoid other fantasy players. And as I said, your only risks, your risk Draft picks would be Bell and the Jets' defense. Although Greg Williams is a very solid defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, so that's about it. They also need help with the tight end position. Ryan Griffin did solid last year with the injury of, of Chris Herndon. Who knows who they'll start this year. And on top of that, they need a kicker. Formerly Jason Myers, but he went to Seattle. We'll see how their season goes out. Philadelphia, another team that's desperate for a wide receiver. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey and especially Deshaun Jackson will be fantasy relevant this year. Maybe Alshon Jeffrey will be a sleeper pick. Who knows? But he's getting there in age and injuries are not helping either. I think whoever Philadelphia drafts at wide receiver will be a definite fantasy relevant player, especially middle round, middle of the round draft picks. Rather, not even middle of the round, middle mid-round draft picks. Kind of like, what, 7th round, 8th round maybe. Um, also, they need help on defense. I think they were the ones to acquire Darius Slay, but there's going to be a lot more where that came from in order for Philly to even be fantasy relevant. Last year, they had that one big game against the Jets. After that, they haven't really put up big numbers. If Philly wants to put up big numbers like that one game against the New York football Jets, they're going to have to get better on defense, both in real life and fantasy. Now we go to Pittsburgh. They signed Eric Ebron, who was a big help in fantasy relevance, especially because Big Ben does target tight ends at times. And he helps take the load off of Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner in target volume, so... I think that would be helpful, but I still see Pittsburgh needing a wide receiver to complement Juju. I don't see James Washington or Deontay Johnson being that particular player to complement him. Also, I think Chris Boswell is not is he's a solid kicker, but he's not fantasy relevant enough to say, hey, I will draft this kicker and he will help me get through the championship. Maybe he'll be one of those fantasy playoff waiver wire pickups, but that's about it. The Niners, similar to the Ravens, they need a wide receiver too to complement uh, Debo Samuel and especially with the loss of Emmanuel Sanders. 
I think Jerry Judy might be the ideal pick. If not, then maybe Henry Ruggs or C.D. Lamb. And especially because they traded DeForest Bruckner to the Colts for number 13 pick. Despite that trade, I think the Niners will still be a top fantasy-relevant team. If not number one, then for sure a top five or even top three fantasy team on defense. Also, Robbie Gold is old but trustworthy in that fantasy kicking. And yeah. All right, to finish it off, we have four more teams left. Don't you worry. Hope I'm not boring all of you. Just take a little quick breather. Uh, this is the debut episode of Yahoo Fantasy Football Rankings. And hopefully there are many more episodes to come after this. We shall see. Um, next we have Seattle. Similarly to Detroit Lions, favorable fantasy options are Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Chris Carson. And especially with the addition of Greg Olson, he and Disley will be a one-two combo tight end. Uh, Jason Myers is a pretty solid fantasy kicker option. But I think if they re-sign Jadavion Clowney or draft defensive assets, I think Seattle could put themselves up there in the top 10. Definitely top 15, but maybe a top 10 on fantasy defense and special teams. Tampa, for sure, they need help too. With the addition of Tom Brady, their offense goes up. Tom Brady becomes fantasy relevant. O.J. Howard becomes fantasy relevant. Even Ronald Jones becomes fantasy relevant. So I guess Tom Brady signing with the Buccaneers really helps a team like that. And it's specific, specifically in a division that is fantasy friendly. Hence, Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, the Saints with Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara, and the Falcons in Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and the most recent signing, Todd Gurley. So not only football-wise or NFL-wise, but fantasy-wise, the NFC South will be very exciting to watch. It'll be very competitive as well. But I think if Tampa can get load up on defense in fantasy in fantasy football, their defense could sneakily be a top 10. Last year in Yahoo, they actually were a top 10. Todd Bowles, as a defensive coordinator, really turned that defense around. That's a poss- that could possibly help them be in fantasy relevancy. Tennessee, they need a tight end. They lost Delaney Walker, but I think... Yeah, I think Jonu Smith will do the job with Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown coming up in sophomore season. Um, they also need a kicker and their fantasy defense. They let go of Gerald Casey via trade to the Denver Broncos, but I think they're likely to draft D-lineman A.J. Epinesa, who I think will be helpful in Titans' fantasy relevancy, especially, and also with that secondary two, Kevin Bayard, Malcolm Butler... I believe Jackson as well. I'm not sure if they re-sign Logan Ryan, but we, we shall wait and see about that. Finally, the Redskins. They are one of those teams that need the most fantasy help, similar to the Miami Dolphins. They need help at the quarterback position. Can Dwayne Haskins prove himself in a second season? Can there be a wide receiver that compliments Terry McLaurin? Can they get a tight end with the release of Jordan Howard? I'm sorry, not Jordan Howard, Jordan Reed. Can they get themselves a defense, and can they overcome their fantasy defensive woes with the addition of potentially Chase Young? Ryan Kerrigan can't do it all alone on the pass rush. I think they need a second guy with uh, with Kerrigan and Chase Young. And also, I think the addition of, of last year with Montez Sweat can really help out that Redskins front seven. Uh, 
Secondary, they lost a lot of guys, so who knows. Um, so, yeah, I think Washington needs a lot of help in all aspects. Now, to wrap up this episode, I think my go-to fantasy teams in terms of their skill players would be Baltimore, Kansas City, San Francisco, the New Orleans Saints, Denver Broncos, Green Bay Packers, uh, Seattle Seahawks, and who else am I missing? Oh, um, and the Buffalo Bills too. But I think your sleeper pick for fantasy relevant teams would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially with the addition of Tom Brady. Of course, he will bring himself back into fantasy relevance, but he will also help out Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. He will be able to turn that offense around. Even though Jameis Winston helped Mike Evans and Godwin into top fantasy rankings, in that particular offense, uh, Winston never really involved Howard or Cameron Brait, backup tight end to Howard as much, and never really put Jones in, in, in front as much either. They were a lot more pass-heavy with Jameis Winston. But I think with Tom Brady, there'll be more of a balance. So not just passing the ball, but running the ball, run-pass option, play-action. Play um, I think Brady will be able to lead the Bucks to a nice season, a turnaround season. Not just in the NFL, but fantasy-wise as well. And, yeah. So, I think that is it, folks. Thank you for listening in to... My debut episode on Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Solis, and hopefully you will hear from me soon. Thanks again for listening, and have a good day, everybody.